The Art of the Pivot is brought to you by Signavio. Hello, Mark Jeffries here with another fascinating conversation lined up for you. In today's world, technology is foundational to products and services, which of course tightly couple business and technology. This has inevitably impacted how technology organizations operate and the role played by the leader of the technology organization. Regions Bank, headquartered in Birmingham, Alabama, with retail banking operations in 15 states, is in a unique position for technology to play a larger role across the enterprise. Amala Dugarala is the leading charge at Regions Bank. She is the Enterprise Chief Operations and Technology Officer. Since joining the organization in 2017, she's worked to establish credibility with the business, give technology a seat at the table, merge technology with operations, and initiate a transformation of operations and technology. Under her leadership, the team has upskilled its talent, modernized processes, driven automation in operations, increased governance, strengthened security and control environments, enhanced partnerships with the business, all with the intention of improving the customer experience. Please welcome Amala Dugarala. Amala, welcome. How are you? Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Doing great. All right. So for those who don't know uh, enough details, tell us a bit more about the bank itself and, and maybe also add in something around the vision and the core values that you guys have. So I think you, you kind of uh, started by saying where we serve. We serve the, the southeast belt of United States of America, the 15 states. And then we are a full service bank. We have a commercial consumer and a wealth operations, a full service bank and capital markets. Um, our prime vision that we call is to make life better mark. It's very simple. It's like we can all tag along. Every employee kind of tags behind that. Um, our mission, on the other hand, is um, is to achieve superior economic value for our shareholders over time by making life better for our customers, our associates, and the communities. And we, we genuinely believe in creating the shared value while meeting financial goals and aspirations. So I think that's the mission we all run behind. And we do this by providing competitive financial products, excellent service and trusted financial advice. Um, so that is our vision and mission. And then um, we have a very strong shared value culture, like I was explaining to you. Um, we do have um, five shared value goals that we communicate. Uh, we do put people first. We do what is right. We focus on our customers. We try to reach higher every day, and then we thoroughly enjoy our lives. I mean, I have to say it's ambitious because you've, you've almost got everything in the mix there. When, when you first joined, did you realize the scale of the job ahead of you? Um, I would say yes. They did tell me um, that they, 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 there was a quite a bit of a conversations around the current state. Uh, the aspiration and the, the journey that the bank was already on. But uh, I have to tell you, um, it's it's much more um, exciting and much more complex than what I anticipated coming into the picture. So you obviously you came in, you, there, there's a lot of work to do. There's already been some transformation at the bank, but how did you decide on the new directions and the paths to follow? What was your process? So um, 
you're spot on. Um, the bank was extensively on the digitalization journey. I think about two years before I joined, quite a bit of uh, technical modernizations kind of got kick-started. Um, I think the the theme that I latched onto ever since I joined the bank is heavily on um, the customer experience um, and then the, the changing demographics and then the expectations of the customers changing because of the digitalization, right? How are they wanting to communicate with us and things like that? So uh, quite a bit I latched on to those themes. And then rest of the evolution, the map and the pace and setting the goals, um, we heavily latched onto that. So as you see the things that we changed, um, our, our epicenter of every decision we made, every roadmap we created was around customer expectations and customer experiences mm. and listening to the customer and putting customer in the middle of all of it. And then I, it was very, very easy for me to um, set the tone as as it everything is dependent upon raised bar by the customer expectations. So it's it was it was a it was a well uh, clearly aligned path. So let's talk about the customer experience. Now, I'll be honest, um, I don't bank with, with regions. I'm in a different area of the US, but I, my expectations are relatively low. It can often be quite frustrating. They don't quite do a lot of what the other, say, consumer organizations do digitally and online. So can you talk to us a little bit more about the region's perspective on customer experience and the role that technology ended up playing in, in the way that you transformed that experience? So um, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, when when it comes to the customer experience, a um, lot of us talk about digitalization or like a, a retailer, like an Amazon kind of experience. I, I think the basics are very intuitive approach, but Regions is a very much a relationship oriented bank. We, we genuinely believe that it's a relationship oriented bank. And we believe in providing a customer a choice in how they want to bank. It's as simple as that. If customer wants to come to our branches, we let them do that. If they want to use our video teller machines, we let them do that. If they want to use our online, we let them use those. And then we let, you know, if they want to use our mobile, we let them do that. They can chat with us. Um, they can they can do all these different channels with us. But the main place where we try to differentiate is that it is their choice. It is their personalization. And then more and more through omni-channel, we make it seamless. If they start a conversation in a branch, they can finish it on an, on, on, on an online or vice versa. And that is what we call a personalized customer experience and then latch all of our technology evolution and operational evolution on that particular experience. How, how hard was that to, to build that connection, to make it seamless? I can almost understand having the mobile experience match, say, the online laptop experience. But to then connect a human conversation that took place into, say, the mobile experience, now now it's tough. So what were the challenges technically and, and, uh, and using IT? Yeah, no, I think um, the, the complexity is around um, the lot of things that we in technology talk about, right? Uh, working off of, without going too technical, common capabilities and common APIs so that no matter where the interaction is, we are recording the conversation and registering the information in the same exact way so that no matter which channel picks up the conversation next, we know exactly 
where the conversation was left off, what was the next step that we ought to do. Um, so it's the challenges were there, but um, the initiatives that we had, like uh, data-oriented behaviors, we centralized the big data and then made sure that everything related to the customer in a single location, see the customer in a 365 degrees view and not see yeah. every transaction as a separate, right? Um, customers' accounts, preferences are all recorded, registered. We just know so much about the customer and their preferences and their approaches that um, that it becomes easy. But I wouldn't say it is an easy journey either. It took quite a bit of uh, investments, quite a bit of uh, uh, transformation, quite a bit of technical evolution um, to get there and then to achieve what we have achieved. And of course, whenever you create change in an organization, you have to take your people with you. You have to um, embrace the culture of the organization. Any comments on that part of the journey, people, culture? Absolutely. Um, I don't think a transformation actually starts or or goes or ends without really keeping the culture in, in the middle of all of this. And also one good thing that I was served on a platter coming into this organization is Regions is already very much an associated oriented culture. We are very people oriented culture. We believe in bringing the best out of the people, investing into people and making sure that we do it together as a team. So I was served on a platter, a very strong um, uh, associate or a people oriented culture. Um, the, the couple of things that I had to kind of do during this transformation is it is not about change coming from the top. It's not at me sitting in my chair I started as a, as a CIO of the bank, and then I right now head all of operations also. So it's not like me sitting in my chair and telling, okay, let's do this. It is almost like creating an environment where we are showing incremental progressive results, and through those results, creating a hope for the organization that, oh my God, we actually can do many more things like this. And then building on those successes, enabling the change from within the organization. We the agile practices, creating and empowering the teams to do the right thing for the customer, making them understand the customer experiences, taking them closer to the customer. Um, those were the things, but I have to say, uh, it is because of the people we are able to do what we are able to do at Regions because that's the commitment and then that showing the results and then enabling them to decide what is the next best thing to do for the customer uh, helped quite a bit of that. And then I also always joke about this, Mark, so I have to share this with you. I'm yet to see an, a person in my life to whom, when I say, um, uh, do you want to change? Then, you know, all this cliche about, hey, do you, um, change is difficult, change is hard. But I'm yet to meet a person to whom I can give a million dollars check and that person is going to tell me, oh, that's too much change for me. I will not take that million dollars. If change that is coming is positive, everybody will embrace the change. And then it is a leadership's role to show that the change coming is positive and show results that the positive things are happening with the change. And that's what that's what we had to kind of keep in mind when doing the transformation at Regions. I'm a real believer in the power of social proof. We hear what our friends do, we want to do it. We hear what colleagues of ours have purchased, we want to purchase it. Every time you have a success, I'm guessing you demonstrated the social proof of that moment within the bank. Correct, absolutely. And that is exactly is what has made it very, very easy for me to ride the wave and then make the transformation stick and the pace 
to go up. And raising the bar has become so easy because I was not doing it. They were doing it themselves without knowing that. Without right. Knowing that. I love that. Now, of course, every transformation uh, isn't a smooth journey the entire way. Um, are you able to reveal any obstacles you had, any difficult moments? I'm sure, sure, absolutely. And I think um, some of some of it is more of um, the complexity, right? You know, we are not talking about single system here. We are talking about 500 plus systems. And then um, our ability to make change as fast as the business wants us to make change, um, you know, absolutely kind of focus on uh, prioritization. Can we do small set of few rather than all at the same time? So it did take us some time to sell to the organization that doing few extreme focus initiatives faster is the best way to go about transformation than doing hundreds of initiatives in a slower and continuous fashion because of the change is going to be much slower. So um, there, there, are, there are some obstacles in the beginning about how much change can we contain? How fast can I change the, the mindsets, the talent, train the organization, but at the same time, bring in people. So it's quite a bit of um, um, the collective effort of the leadership team of regions to help us out in creating a focus, focus on few initiatives, and you can see the results that we have achieved by because of that focus. Oh, for sure. There'll be people watching right now that will envy the success you've had with this transformation. Are there any processes that you had to invent or put in place or change during the transformation? That, that element of process is, of course, so important. Many of them, Mark, I think it's, it's one of those things you are spot on. Um, we as an organization have to enable lot of things in the way of processes to make it easy for the employees to do things fast, quick, and easy. So it's at the, in the, in the center of all of this, I kept reminding the organization that when we sit in our chairs as leaders, I, I kind of draw this picture to my organization. Think of the, the clock, right? The, the pendulum, the, the, the pendulum of the clock. I'm sorry. Yeah. The pendulum of the clock. And then the leadership is sitting on the top of the pendulum and then the employees are sitting at the bottom of the pendulum. So we make a small change and then this much change is felt to the employee, right? So um, it is very, very critical to select those few critical processes and then make a change so that the employee is not feeling like they're swinging all the time, but they are just seeing the change and it is improving. So I actually evolved with the transformation to three key processes. One is the enterprise architecture, creating a very defined clarity in these are the architectural principles through which we will modernize the systems, the methods, the cloud journey, the DevOps journey, the agile journey, you name it, right? The second thing is the program and project management. How do we define a project? How do you define user stories, requirements? How do we measure successes? Very clear guidelines on the project management practices. And the last but not the least, the communication and appreciation processes. How do we communicate to every employee? What is our intent? Why are we doing what we are doing? And then create that channel, that the, the feedback channel mark, where every employee is very comfortable saying, you know what? This is not working. This is your intention, but this is not working. What can we do to help? And then propose the solutions back. And those are the three levers uh, that, 
where I was able to change quite a number of processes to enable that culture. And those three pretty much raised the bar on the speed of delivery, quality, and then what we were able to put into the market. I am I'm so happy and impressed that you elevate the communication process because people do need to know why something is happening. And, and more importantly, you guys at the, at the top in terms of senior management need to know from them what the real world result is. What are they seeing? What are they feeling? Brilliant advice. Um, on the tech side, how do you now go about monitoring the tech health of the organization of those processes that you put in place apart from communication? Absolutely, and I think um, I think you know when you when you look at the technology health, you always measure yourself. Um, it's almost like I call it an looking inward and looking outward, right? All of our processes have to be looking inward and outward. Technology is no different. Uh, the pace at which technology is changing, our ability to compete with large banks, tech providers, and fintechs is becoming very very critical. So to keep in par with that, modernizing infrastructure is one way I measure the organization's ability to pace itself. That would be cloud enabling. So we watch how many applications are sitting on the cloud. Are we able to um, both get the infrastructure crowd enabled and the engineers crowd enabled? Because developing in the cloud has a much more modern microservices architectures and different you know, design patterns compared to developing outside. So that is one angle we look at. How modern are we? Are we in pace with the, the pace at which the technology is changing? The second posture that we look in technology is the security posture. Is bank, because no matter how many fintechs are coming, there is a reason banks are still strong in America. That is the security and then the protection we provide. So the advantage of security, the third party assessments, are we truly as strong as we need to be? And then the last but not the least that I always watch is, um, I always tell this to the people, you know, you cannot paint the house when the basement is leaking. You will fix the basement first. So um, it is almost like the stability of the systems, never take the service down for a customer, right? Never have a downtime in the bank. Quality of your service, um, the, the, the stability and quality are the second measures, the last measures that we watch ourselves and then make sure that we are creating that consistent and reliable experience while innovating constantly at the speed of um, the fintechs and other large banks. I have to say, there's just so much content here, but our, our time is almost up. So my last question, from your perspective, is there anything else you would share with our viewers and listeners right now about the art of leading a transformation? Is there anything else that you would either return to and repeat, or perhaps that you've not quite got to yet? Final words. So Mark, um, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the practitioners of the transformation. I will not say that I am the expert in it, but in my experiences, I will say the person leading the charge of the transformation always must be as prepared to change, just like the expectation that we set on the organization to change because um, change is same. And then the leader should be comfortable changing with the needs of the organization as the organization is changing and learning the constant feedback loops, having a humbleness to listen and understand and say, oh my God, I intended something else. And then I effect is different. Uh, having the courage to face the reality. Oh my God, results are not coming. What should I do different? What should I do? 
um, uh, what should I do? Um, and, you know, what should I learn from it? And have be vulnerable to say, "Oops, I screwed up. What can I do different now?" Um, and then also bring a very high performance, um, diverse organization in, and listen to them. Mark, don't just tell them what to do. Listen to them. Allow them to set the pace. I will tell you. Um, I'll tell you, Mark. One thing I have in regions is an outstanding direct report team that works with me in this transformation and an outstanding executive leadership team that understands the need for the transformation. And it is not, it, it is it is a responsibility of the person sitting in this chair to make everybody understand the value of the transformation and then the returns from the transformation. And that's the criticality of that language you use to convert that strategy into action and generate business results is what I would say. I have to say, this has been absolutely fascinating. We could have done an hour, uh, but for now, Amla Dugarala, thank you for your time. And most importantly, thank you for your insight. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Uh, thanks a lot, Mark. I appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. Thanks for the opportunity. The Art of the Pivot is brought to you by Signavio.